We're going to continue our series on hard sayings. We only have a, uh, this one and next week, and then we will begin a new fall series in September. And isn't it amazing that it, felt, it feels like the year just began. We're already in September, pretty much. Don't forget, my birthday is around the corner also, September 2nd. You all know pastor's birthday is a national holiday. I'm giving you fair warning to start saving your money for my gift. Praise the Lord. Nobody said amen, but I'll say amen myself. Oh, that's right, Sister Kimberly as well. We share a birthday. She was born on September 2nd. Praise God. All right. Uh, I'm going to be 29 again this year. Praise Jesus. You know something? Losing weight, you know what it does? It makes you feel young. Isn't it amazing what not carrying around 80 pounds does? That's a lot of weight. You carry around an 80-pound dumbbell every day. That's what I was doing. And I'm still not done, but, boy, I feel absolutely rejuvenated. I can preach three services and really not feel it. And that, that simply wasn't the case uh, a year ago. So we thank God for that. Matthew 5. Let's stand if you can, everybody. Today, uh, I won't be with you long, but uh, Matthew 5. Today, we're going to consider verse 43 through 45. And today's hard saying is, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Uh, let's read together. Ready? NASB says, you have heard that it was said, you shall and hate your enemy, verse 44. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, verse 45. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Lord, I pray that you would add a blessing to the reading of your word. Grant me clarity of mind, precision of speech, and give these your people an ear to hear, a heart to receive, and the grace to apply. And this we ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Be seated. There is a, a seal, a birthmark. How many of you have a birthmark? I think we all do, right? Does anybody not have a birthmark? It would be uh, our sister. There's a seal, a birthmark that every child of God has. It was designed and assigned to us by heaven. There is something that distinguish, distinguishes us as children of God. You and I should know what that is. It's how we identify ourselves as being part of the family of God. There is something that marks every child of the Father. There is a way to know that you belong to the Father. The scriptures themselves tell us in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 35, that by your love, one for another, this is how they will know, the world will know, that you belong to me. This is the birthmark of heaven. By your love, all men, somebody say all men, not some, all men, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have what? Love, somebody say love, love one for another. This is the seal that I've placed upon my own. This is how they're going to know. It, it doesn't matter if you have a, a shirt that says, I love Jesus. It doesn't matter if you have a sticker on your car. The Lord is saying, this is how they'll know that you, are, that you belong to me, that I am your father and you are a part of the family. It doesn't matter what church you go to. You can go to the garden. You can go to ALC. You can go to... Whatever church you go to, this is how you will be identified as one of my kids. Ready? By your love for each other. Your love. This is the birthmark of heaven. 
your ability to love each other. Now, this is important that I point out here because when God chose, consider this, when God chose, I've said it before, when God chose to give humanity, when God chose to reveal the essence of his character, he chose one word to do it. Consider this, the God of heaven and earth, the God of all creation, the king of majesty, the king of glory, when he chose to describe the essence of his character to us, he chose one word. He could have chosen many things, and he has revealed himself in many ways. However, when he said, this is who I am and what I am, he chose one word he could have chosen many he chose one and that word was love God is God is many things but if we had to describe his character the essence of his nature according to the word of God you would have to say God is love we can describe him many different ways but he himself said it that way I am love God is love in Matthew chapter 5 it's one of the most profound chapters of the entirety of the New Testament and especially the synoptic gospels in Matthew chapter 5 Jesus gives the sermon on the mount we, we find the beatitudes many nuggets many gems are found in Matthew 5 we could preach an entire year from Matthew's gospel chapter 5 but in Matthew 5 we find a portion of scripture towards the end of the chapter where Jesus begins to talk about one of the most hard sayings in the entirety of the hard sayings of Christ. By the way, let me just stop to say this. Almost all the sayings of Jesus are hard. Here's why most of the teachings of Jesus are hard. Because they always go contrary to what is natural to us before, before we come to Christ. And even after coming to Christ, it still requires that we depend upon the love of God, the grace of God, and the power of God. Let me, let me say that again. Every command in the scriptures, everything Jesus asks you to do, it's always going to feel like it's a little difficult. Why? Because it's contrary to our natural nature. It's not in our nature. Y'all got to talk to me in here. It's not in our nature to love our enemies. You have a hard time loving people that love you. You have a hard time loving people that love you. You have a hard time loving your own family members. Jesus takes it further and says, not only, not only anybody can love somebody who loves them, but he said, I want you to love. I need you to love. Get this. I'm commanding you to love your enemies. What? Every hard saying of Jesus is hard. Why? Because it's not in your nature. Just admit it right now. We need the help of God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't forgive without Jesus. I can't love without Jesus. I can't give without Jesus. I can't serve without Jesus. I can't even walk without Jesus. Stop looking for, for, for an easy way to follow Christ. And yes, following Jesus is the best thing you'll ever do. But stop trying to carry out his word. Stop trying to apply and live out the scriptures without his help. Can't do it. Think about it. And I struggle to love my own family. He's asking me to love enemies? Oh, this is a hard saying. And this saying is hard because it's hard for us to carry out. Two people said, amen. I want to see you love your enemies the way he wants us to. Now, in the text, look at verse 43. I want us to see now how the Pharisees missed the heart of God while purporting to be pious. Pious is a $2 word for religious. They were acting like they had got it, like they understood God's heart, like they, they, they knew the law of God. They knew what the Old Testament commanded of them. They knew what the Torah said. They knew what God required, but they missed the heart of God. While acting like they had it down, they missed it. And here's how they missed it. Verse 43, let's read together. Ready? Read. Jesus is talking and he says what? You have, you've heard that it was said, uh-huh. And? Watch this. Jesus says, you've heard that it was said. By that, he's saying, this is what is being taught. 
This is what is being taught amongst you. This is what you're teaching people. That's what he means by saying, you have heard that it was said. It's like us when we hear something. I heard, I heard that this is what I need to do. Jesus is saying, you heard that it was said to what? You shall love your neighbor. That's what you've heard. But it also says, watch this, love your neighbor, and you've heard it said that you should what? Hate your enemy. This is the teaching that was circulating, and it was being circulated by the teachers of the law. Most, we can't say all, most were teaching. Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. So the first thing that I want to point out to you is that the Pharisees, number one, the Pharisees were missing the heart of God by what they omitted. By what they omitted, and omitted means what they left out. The Pharisees missed the heart of God in the teaching. The first thing in the text that we see is that they missed the heart of God by what they left out, by what they omitted. You see, Matthew chapter 5, what Jesus is addressing is found in the book of Leviticus chapter 19. And I want you to turn there in your Bible. Leviticus is in the Old Testament, the, very, uh, the first few books of the Bible. Uh, go to Leviticus chapter 19 in your Bible. Let's look at verse 18. There are some things that they left out. The teaching that was circulated was this. Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. Where'd they get that? We're going to find out here. Uh, Leviticus 19, verse 18. First of all, though, let's address what they left out. They weren't only called to love their neighbor. Watch what Leviticus 19, 18 said. Let's read it together. Ready? Read. You shall not... Uh Uh-huh. But you shall... For I am... Now, notice what they had left out. There's just a few things. Just a few things. What did they leave out? Okay, let's begin there. You shall not take vengeance. That was missing. It should have been there. It's not there. You should not take vengeance. Don't don't pay people back. Don't take vengeance. Watch it now. Number two, don't bear vengeance any grudge against the sons of your people and some of you right now are bearing grudges so was it just to love your neighbor is that what they had to do let me tell you the pharisees knew leviticus 19 they had to memorize it this was not just a blase uh you know hey if you if you get around to to doing it love love your neighbor no they knew what the word of god said they knew what the law of god required and they omitted some things in their teaching what did they omit? Don't take vengeance out. Number two, don't even bear a grudge. You got to love your neighbor. And not only love your neighbor, love your neighbor like you love yourself. There's one person you don't have a problem loving, and that's you. Some of you are like, no, I, don't, I hate myself. I can't stand myself. I understand that, but it is your nature to love yourself, to take care of yourself. Some people don't. Some people struggle with that for different reasons. But ultimately, we tend to like ourselves. Love, love, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then he says, for I am the Lord. You see how they left some things out? Now look, look at the text now. Number two, the second thing that we see is that the Pharisees, number two, the Pharisees missed the heart of God, not only by what they omitted, but by what they added. See this in the text. Sometimes, the, sometimes we tend to add to what God says in the scripture. This is what they did. The Pharisees missed the heart of God. And by the way, I, I'm, I'm being nice to you by saying the Pharisees because you know when I say the Pharisees, I'm, I'm low-key trying to imply th- that's us. We tend to leave out some things. We think, I, I just got to love my neighbor, okay. But notice what they added. 
They not only left some things out, they added some things in. And what did they add in? That we were to love our neighbor and what? And hate our enemy. They added that. Somebody shout, they added that. They added, they added that. Is that consistent with the Old Testament? Let me help you here. No. At no point at all does God ever say, hate your enemy. They added that. They automatically hated those that were outside of covenant with the God of Israel. That's understandable. They hated those that were not circumcised. If you weren't a Jew, if you weren't a part of the nation of God, they automatically hated you. We understand that philosophy. We understand that ideology. They looked at them as an unclean people. We understand that because they were out of covenant. So here, watch it now. So they were, this is the teaching that they were circulating. Love your neighbor, but hate your enemies. Is that consistent with the heart of God? Let me help you, friend. Old Testament or new, that is not the heart of God. It is not his will that any should die, any should perish. It's not the will of God for us to hate our enemies. Watch what they added. They said, hey, you're obligated to love your neighbor. Watch this now. But they added an extra obligation. That's heavy. You're obligated to love your neighbor, but you're also obligated to hate your enemy. What? Watch what the word of God says, uh, Exodus 23, verse 4 and 5. And then we're going to read a verse in Proverbs. Uh, I I read it on Wednesday, by the way. You missed a good teaching, but let's read it again. Ready? Read. If you meet your, come on, 8 o'clock, read it again. If you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey wandering away, do what? Now, read verse 5. We didn't read verse 5. Ready, go. If you see the donkey of one who... Talk to me, 8 o'clock. Of one who... Lying helpless under its load, you shall refrain from leaving it to him. You shall surely... If, If you see the donkey of somebody who hates you, Thank you, Sister Montana. I'll stay after service. I need to talk to you about your, uh, your heart. <laughs> tacos, 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 tacos. <laughs> she needs prayer. We'll pray for her. But in actuality, that's, that's, that's that right there. That's our nature. I see something that belongs to my enemy, and my natural disposition is to do him harm. Not to help, to harm. If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying helpless under its load, you shall refrain from leaving it to him. You shall surely release it with him. Now watch what Proverbs chapter 25 verse 21 says. Uh, The word of God says the following. Ready? Read. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him what? If your friend's hungry. If If your BFF's hungry, hook him up. Right? That, that we can do. Hey, can I only got $2? Can you hook me? <laughs> Don't worry about it. I got you. I'll even go big on your combo. I love you, bro. Come on, man. Don't insult me. I got you. Right? He's talking about your conduct towards your enemies, those who hate you. Those, let this sink in today. Those who hate you, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. And these are the peeps that hate you. See the standard of God for those that would say, well, the Old Testament nature of God was different. We hate our enemies. Wrong. 
And so we see what the Pharisees, we see how they missed the heart of God by what they left out. And we see how they missed the heart of God by what they added. They said, love your neighbors. And by the way, you're also obligated to hate your enemies. Now let's see the response of Jesus. Look at verse 44. I want us to see now Jesus uh, in verse 44 and 45. uh, He begins to lay some things out that God requires from us. And let me just say, uh, I want you to know before we read the text, before we read the words of Jesus, that it's difficult for us. Number three, this is difficult for us to apply. Brother, can you give me the third point? This is difficult for us to apply because it's it's contrary to our former nature. Let's understand this from the beginning. The command to love our enemies, it's a hard saying, right? Is, that, is it not a hard saying? Is, how many think this is easy to do? Not one hand. That's good. You're with me. Uh, this is a hard saying, but it's a hard saying, church, because it's contrary to our former nature. And it's not only contrary to our former nature, it's contrary to, to our former practice. And, and I'm saying this by faith because I know some Christians, they've been born again or so they claim to be born again, and they're still hating their enemies. So I, I, I use the word former nature and former practice, but sometimes this is still our current practice to hate our enemies. It shouldn't be. God's calling us to love. That's his standard. That's who he is. That's his nature. He's calling us to love. But this is why it's hard. And in case you're wondering why it's so hard, let me help you here. It's hard because it's contrary to your nature, your former nature, your former practice. How many of you used to be super mean before you came to Jesus and you're still kind of mean right now? I don't even want to look up. I don't even want to see your hands. I'm not, you see how your pastor didn't look at you? I'm just going to say it again. How many of you were, kind, were really mean and now you're only kind of mean because Jesus lives in your heart? Amen. <laughs> you're like, man, I went from 100% mean to about 89% mean because Jesus lives in me now. What? And I used to steal all the time. Now I only steal sometimes because Jesus lives in me. What? And I used to be a fornicator, but now I only do it once in a while because Jesus lives in me. What? And I used to cuss like a sailor, but now I only cuss about 50 times a day. That's much better. What? Verse 44 now. Jesus says, but I say, I want you to, I want us, the, the, the more accurate verse, version is in King James here because it really gives the entirety of what Jesus was asking. Uh, let's uh, read from King, King James verse 44 now. Ready? Here's what Jesus says. Ready? Read. But I say to you, now notice the contrast. Let me teach this real quick. In Matthew chapter 5, there is a repeated comparing and contrasting of the righteousness of the Pharisees between the righteousness of God. Even in the Beatitudes, Jesus begins to set a distinction. He begins to say, this is the world standard, and this is even the religious of today's standard, but this is God's standard. If you read Matthew 5, there's a, there's a constant contrasting going on by way of the master. Jesus is saying, this is what you do. This is what you teach. This is what you think is right, but this is what God says. Now, notice when Jesus says the words, I love this part just because I'm, I'm a nerd when it comes to the scriptures. I love it when, notice the implication. It's not, in, it's not in my notes, but notice what Jesus is implying. Jesus tells the Pharisees, you have heard it said, or in other words, you yourselves are teaching this. But then he says the following, watch it now. But I say unto you, that saying right there, what Jesus is doing, he's saying, what comes out of my mouth is par with the word of God. You're missing that. Jesus knows what they were quoting from. He knows what, that they were taking from Leviticus. But watch what he says. But I say unto you. 
Oh, it's incredible. It's almost, it's, it, it's, it, there were many times in the word of God that Jesus declared himself to be God. Now, this is one of those times where he's not necessarily declaring himself as the I am, but what he's saying is I'm the living word. What he's saying right here, what he's showing them is I am the living word. It, thank you, Holy Ghost. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus himself is saying, I am what I say. I am. I'm the embodiment of the word of God. So you've heard it said because you're saying it but now i say unto you now what did he say unto them ready here it is love your enemies amen okay and then they were saying love your enemies or love your neighbor hate your enemies but jesus said love your enemies they said hate your enemies jesus says what love your enemies and not only that he says bless them that curse you and not only that he says do good to them that hate you and not only that he says and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Wow. So in Matthew 5.44, we, we have what I called the laundry list of love according to God. This is what it is. Here's the laundry list of love. Here it is. The laundry list of love. Take note of this. Ready? Now, first of all, it's hard for us just to love the enemies. He takes it further than that. Jesus always takes it further. He always takes you further than you're willing to go because he needs you to depend on his grace. Now, let's see the laundry list of love. Let's begin. Number one, he says to what? Love. Why are y'all so quiet now? What does he say? He says to love our enemies. Now, the word love is agapeo. The word love there in the text is agapeo, and it means to love dearly. It's one thing to love. It's another thing to love dearly. Have you ever told somebody, I love you dearly? Nobody. One, yes. Have you ever told somebody, I love you dearly? You've never loved. Sister, why are you looking like, hmm. The word there for love is agapeo, and it means to love dearly. Jesus is saying, love your enemies dearly. Love your enemies dearly. my enemies you want me to love them no i don't want you to love them i want you to love them dearly somebody shout lord help me <laughs> this was my prayer y'all are deep and spiritual you're a wonder in zion not me i'm saying god help me love your enemies number two in the laundry list of love here in the text he says then bless them that curse you the word bless is the greek word eulogale and the word eulogale means, watch this, it means to praise and to celebrate and to ask God's blessing upon. Wait a minute. Bless them that curse you. Those that are cursing you, bless them. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that you say bless you. Wrong. It means that you celebrate them. You praise them. Not praise them like we praise God. But it's like, it's like when, you, when you were potty training your little boy. Y'all never potty trained anybody? Have you potty trained somebody? You got three boys? Aren't boys hard to potty train? Why are boys so dumb? Boys are dumb. My girls quit. Sarah Kaylin was talking, I, I want to say six months, seven months, and listen to me. God hears me. 
We ate so much pizza back in the day that we drove by, on our way to church every Sunday, we drove by the Pizza Hut in Coachella, and we ate it so often, apparently, that, that she began to recognize the logo, and, 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 and it became just synonymous with pizza. And so she saw the red hat, we drove by, and God hears me, true story, on our way to church, we drove by the Pizza Hut, and out of her mouth, with great clarity, tiny baby in the back, she said, Pizza! Looked at my wife and said, oh, my Lord, we have a ninja turtle. <laughs> we realized that we needed to cut back our budget on pizza. She said, pizza. She was tiny. She was talking early. The point is, boys are slow. Girls are quicker. But you remember train, potty training them. What do you have to do when they do good? What do you do? Help me, parents. You have to what? Praise them. Even potty training puppies. You, you, especially puppies. When the puppy does right, when they go where you want them to go, what do you have to do? Yeah, you give them a treat. You pat them on their head. The word here to bless, that's what that means. Celebrate them. See, we think blessing somebody, blessing our enemies is saying, God bless you. Wrong. It's to celebrate them. Praise, celebrate, and to ask God's blessing on them. When was the last time you said, God, I pray that you'd pour out your blessing upon those people that hate me. I promise you, you haven't done it in the last five days. When was the last time you said, God, that person, they, they hate me. Just pour your blessing out on them. All right, now. Thirdly, we're almost done. You look like you're about ready to quit. Thirdly. Thirdly, in the laundry list of love, here it is. Thirdly, he said, do good. Everybody shout, do good. good. Somebody say, do good. Do good. Do good to them that hate you. The term do good is the Greek word kalos, and it means to speak well of one. Wow. How many of you speak well of those people that hate you? No. Let me tell you what you do. You talk bad about them. Okay, you don't want to say amen. I have to put myself there. I talk bad about people that hate me, right? Isn't that easy? They hate me, so what do I do? I just, ah, she's ugly anyway. Y'all ain't saying amen in here, so I got to help you. I can't stand her. Yeah, she can't stand me. I don't care. She's ugly. Yeah, her hair's old and nasty. I can see her roots. and Yeah, she's terrible, right? Oh, he's awful. Yeah, what a moron. I can't stand him. Yeah, that's what we do. So he says, do good. That means speak well of your enemies. Speak well of people that hate you. And Lord, help me here. Speak well? And I have a hard time speaking well of people that like me. I said, I have a hard time speaking well of people that actually like me. Speak well of those that hate you. Incredible. And lastly, he said to what? Pray for them. Now, it's P-R-A-Y, pray for them. It's not P-R-E-Y, pray on them. He said to pray for them. This is what he called us to do. Pray for them. Now, we're done here, church. Look at verse 45 because the next verse tells us what the result of applying this hard saying is going to be. Verse 45. Are you there? Let's read it together. Ready? Read. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. Read it together again. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. In in clause A of the text, we find it here. Ready? Loving our enemies, number four. And to finish, loving our enemies is an example to the world that we 
are the children of our Father in heaven. Number four, this is why we do it. Jesus gives us the result. Here's the result of loving your enemies. Here's the result of blessing them that curse you. Here's the result of doing good to them that hate you. Here's the result of you praying for those that use you. They'll know that you belong to your Father in heaven. This is your birthmark. This is what distinguishes and identifies you as a child of heaven. This is what it is. Love your enemies. Do good to those that hate you. Pray for those that persecute you and despitefully use you. Do good to them that are cursing you. This is how they'll know that you belong to me. Let me close with, 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 with giving you a challenge. What distinguishes you from those that surround you? If you hate like other people hate, are you any different than the world? What has God called you to do? Love. Not only love your brothers, but to love your enemies. And so today we say, God, help us. Give us grace. <sighs> Give us grace to do what you've called us to do because it's contrary to our nature. It's not in us. We need the help of a higher and much greater power. And that higher and greater power is not a vague deity. It is our Father in heaven who desires that his children walk this out by his grace. Bow your head. Father, we love you and we thank you this morning.